We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Sure. Anyway, Chris Brunt. I, I, I'm really just the low part of sweet and low, I guess. There we go. <laughs> Welcome back. back. Chris Brunt. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me is Andrew Laird. Today, we are going to be reviewing game week number 22 from January 21st and 22nd. It's almost like it's like it's the golden birthday. It's the golden date of the oh, year. I guess. You're back on these golden birthdays. Yes, I'm back on it. I've just learned the concept. And now since uh, it's a nice, shiny new object, I'm going to continue to use it as much as I possibly can. How is the 21st a golden birthday? Because it's game week 21. Oh, on oh the 21st. right. First, I think it was it not game, no, week... It's game week 22, yeah, it was 22 on the 22nd. There yeah, you go. That, there you that go. was what it was. Okay. 
So game week 23 won't be on the 23rd of February or anything like that. So, yeah, and once we get past 31, uh, there can't be any. That's right. Sad part of the the Premier League schedule when you run out of golden birthdays. Golden game week. That's what we'll call it. Mm -hmm. Good luck with that. Thank you. Uh, One thing we weren't thinking, uh, speaking of good luck, we were were saying good luck to Swansea, but really we should have been saying good luck to Liverpool because Swansea put up three on Liverpool and led led for most of the way. They went up 2-0 and then Liverpool charged back at 2-2, but not to be denied – Liverpool snapping defeat from the jaws of victory. They let up the third goal to uh, Sigurdsson. And so much to react to here, Andrew. First of all, for uh, Firmino getting let... two oh, goals. For, uh, there's Firmino getting two goals. Uh, you know, he's scoring again. Coutinho looked hurt. Uh, <laughs> Fernando Llorente scoring twice, looking great. I was going to say, uh, how did you like the, the look of your future uh, star center forward in Fernando Llorente? Yeah, I don't know. I'll ask you when we get to Christian Benteke later on. In the day. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, Fernando Llorente scoring twice and Gilfie Sigurdsson adding the third, as I mentioned previously. Uh, for Liverpool, I-, I guess they had a goalkeeper, but hmm. they- it didn't do much. Yeah, the I mean, goalkeeper in <laughs> Liverpool, like we we kind of said at the beginning of the year that like we weren't big Mignolet fans and then he got replaced by Loris Karius and we were like, it was, you know, that was only a matter of time as soon as they signed him because Mignolet was a mess. Then Karius struggled. Mignolet got the good job back and then he gives up three to Swansea and doesn't make a single save, which is it's, not so good. You know, the, the narrative is becoming like, oh, Jurgen, uh, Jurgen Klopp, he can, he gets it right going forward, but the defense is still bad and, part of me says like part of me thinks it's like the Manchester city problem, right? Where it's like, if you, if you're, if you're, if you try to press the ball and you don't get it back and you put your defenders in one-on-one positions, are they good one-on-one defenders? And that's kind I mean, it could just be a little bit of roster construction. It could be a little bit of uh, Liverpool not being good enough. It could be a bit of, they didn't press correctly. I mean, it, I don't want to discourage teams from playing like Liverpool and Manchester City. Like, I don't want teams to sit back and just, you know, play for 1-0 or play for – just to play for the clean sheet. But, I want to see this style rewarded, and losing 3-2 to two to Swansea is not a way to do that. And it, it makes me disappointed more than anything else. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get that. Um, the – I think the absence of Joel Maddop made a – made a difference i mean he hasn't played in a while he came on late in this one after finally getting fifa clearance uh but um in speaking with chris owen who is a liverpool supporter like he he sees a very clear defensive difference when madip is on the field and so um and he came on as a striker well you know stephen cocker's not there anymore so that's why they i'm just i'm just saying it's just odd that you have this uh, you have this obvious defi- well, it, a perceived obvious deficiency at defense and your best defender was not started and then when he came in it was to be a striker it was well it, i mean it, it Sturridge and Origi were on the that. field too so i don't know i mean well it still kind of defies logic because why wasn't he start- if he was good enough to play for 10 minutes why wasn't he good enough to play for the first 10 minutes or the first 30 minutes where it's well, he- important to he wasn't like he hasn't played in like well over a month. He had the injury and then he didn't get this 
FIFA clearance for dropping out of Africa Cup of Nations or never really signing up. But the only other guys that were available were Lucas, Alberto Moreno, and Ben Woodburn. And of that group, you would think Matip would be the call if you wanted, you know, the obviously the idea is to get the ball in the box and see what they can do. Sturridge and Rigi were already on the field. So, like, I'm not Alberto sure. Alberto Moreno is the one that makes sense to me because he's someone who can get the ball in the box. There's two but they didn't, they didn't need anybody to get the ball in the box. They needed somebody in the box to do something with it. Ah, uh, That's all. But, yeah, I mean, it was a poor result, and... I mean, I agree that it, it's a bummer it wasn't rewarded because I'd love to see more 3-2 games, but, uh, you know, this happens sometimes. Like, statistically, they dominated the game. Obviously, that's not what most, you know, ton of people care about. Fantasy-wise, it was great. I mean, 37 crosses and 16 shots, 13 chances created all for Liverpool. I mean, they didn't play that badly, stat-wise. That's really what we care about. That's correct. That is what we care about. <laughs> Let's talk about those stats. So Firmino scored twice assist by Milner and Wijnaldum. Mm. Uh, Firmino scoring twice and with Coutinho on the pitch. I mean, uh, let's talk about Coutinho first. He's still not healthy. Something's not right. Well, you know, he's been out for over a month and I think he's more rusty than not healthy. And it takes a while to kind of get your fitness back like that. And I know he's come off the bench. He started this one, didn't even go 60, but... Um, you know, these guys sometimes take a little while to get back into form. So yeah, I guess I'm just saying that as someone who, uh, you know, in our perfect 11 set it <laughs> and forget it challenge, just used him as the starter. And, uh, it's, it's been so frustrating because when he's healthy, he's going to score a lot of points, but he just isn't there yet. And he's costing me precious points. <laughs> uh, yeah, for now he is, but I think he'll, he'll get back on pretty quickly. I, I guess I, I wouldn't I guess, over... for, I guess for most people, I guess for most people, uh, you know, as we talked about, you know, they're having defensive deficiencies and they aren't pressing the ball back. They're not keeping the ball. Coutinho's technical abilities. Will that help uh, in terms of, you know, just because he can help keep the ball? He, he's a very energetic player in the middle of the pitch. Is he someone that can actually kind of help mask and disguise the defensive woes when um, healthy? I mean, theoretically, but Liverpool had 74 percent possession. It, it doesn't usually get much higher than that. So, um he didn't take a single shot. I think that's really the the thing that was most surprising because he's usually the the guy with seven shots and maybe one gets on target, but no shots. Clearly, he's just kind of feeling his way back in. But, you know, that's we, we see that all the time when guys come back from month-long injuries. Mm. All right. More goals from here on out. Fernando Llorente or Roberto Firmino? Firmino. So uh, uh, Urente is not going to get much playing time behind Diego Costa. So <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I actually for... think that one might be close, um, but I'd still take Firmino. It's more like the who else is going to score for for Swansea. I mean, obviously Sigurdsson's an option, but Urente is the one who's closest to the goal. So, um, yeah, that's why. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's a weird I – mean, for me, Llorente, he can't shake Borja Baston, which is kind of strange because, like, occasionally he'll get a start. He hasn't started yet under Clement, I don't believe, but uh, – him meaning Baston, yeah. yeah. But I think if Fernando Llorente gets a consistent spot 
in the lineup, and his job is to be the finisher in front of the net when guys like Gilfie Sigurdsson are the ones supplying him with, with service, he does have the potential to score goals. Yeah, I think so. He started seven of the last eight. Like, I think yeah, that's I, pretty... Yeah, and I think that, and like I said, I think that last start was only because of Bob Bradley. But, all right, we've talked about this game far too much. It was a big surprise that Swansea scored three. We yeah. don't ex- we, we don't anticipate many more Swansea upsets the rest of the season, do we? Yeah. No. The, the only they're difficulty not back. with no, they're not back. The only difficulty with Urente is that he he doesn't take a ton of shots. So you're kind of hoping that of the few shots he takes, they go in, which you know at some point is not going to keep happening. So. That's the only hesitation I have on on relying on him. Whereas, you know, Firmino scored twice and took six shots. I think Baston only took two. So, um, I'm sorry, Urente. Um Look, you already have me replacing him. Um, so, uh-huh. you're, you know, you're not going to get one of these, like, two-goal, eight-shot games out of Fernando Urente. Liverpool really needs Sadio Mane back to score yeah, they eight. Do. They, everybody, and he's tearing um, up AFCON. Too. Yeah, he is. And, and basically what everybody has been commenting on about Liverpool since then, because they, they only have one win in January, uh, including their FA Cup and EFL Cup matches, uh, which is pretty surprising. Uh, it also came against Plymouth Argyle, um, is that they look really slow uh, without Mane. And it's true, like none of the none of the guys they're trotting out are really that fast. Um, and Mane is obviously a huge part of that because he opens things up with his speed that they it's just something they don't have right now. Yeah, it, I, I, I do I do love me some Sadio Mane. Okay, let's get to uh, Burnmouth 2, Watford 2. Uh, I anticipated this being the same kind of result, but with way fewer goals, mm. uh, like 0-0. And basically the story was anyone but Callum Wilson. <laughs> Joshua uh, Josh King, King and Benikofobi, yeah. Adam Smith, Andrew Sermon. With, uh, sorry, it, so it, it was Adam Smith and Sermon with the assist for Burnmouth, yes. and then Joshua King and Benikofobi for goals. Yes. Just gross. Stanislas <laughs> and Frazier with eight crosses each. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think good for them, by the way, Stanislas and Frazier. They seem to be forming some kind of dynamic yeah. field combo there. Yeah, they look great. They look great. Um, and uh, the Watford guy, you know, is Deeney, who you would expect. Um, Tom Cleverly. Your boy Tom Cleverly. With the That's yep. right. Um, he assisted Deeney's goal. And then Miguel Britos, who was a center back. Assisted Christian Cabaselli, who has basically been playing as a, a right winger. Um, he's a defender eligible most places, so that was a nice treat for people who grabbed him. But uh, yeah, it was kind of I, I expected this game to be on the higher end scoring. This we kind of talked about this because Chris Mazinski and I were going back and forth on Twitter about this game, and uh, he was not expecting much out of it. But you know, neither of these teams are that great defensively, so. Um, there's that, but, uh, this is the last game without Simone Francis. So maybe he'll come back to, is it Simone or Simon? It'll be, yeah. Uh, which, which one is Simone is the left back. Simone's the left back. Um, sorry, the right back. Um, yeah, it'll be Simon. Simon's coming back. Um, because Tyrone Mings really hasn't been that great. He's been a disaster. (laughs) I wouldn't say a disaster, but he hasn't been. The first game was a bit of a mess, but. For Watford, uh, Jose Holebas, congratulations. In 21 game weeks, you've managed to collect 10 yellow cards. Wow. I did see that number. It was That's a, that's a two-game suspension. That's the second tier of suspension. That's high. Um, 
So yeah, I that's impressive. Ahead, I can I can go ahead and replace him on my play Taga team. <laughs> right now. Yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> it, 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 ugh, just gross. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 this game, like I said, we we thought they would play to each other's level. I just didn't anticipate there'd be two goals apiece because I thought they would both try to be defensive. Bournemouth at home particularly tend to get defensive. Um, yeah, I mean they, yeah. They try at least. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to succeed that much. But um, Olebus's absence, I'm not sure, really like translates to anybody easily. Like, um, I guess they could. Cavaselli may have to go back and play defense. Well, they've been playing basically the same position, just on opposite wings. Like maybe they'll move Cavaselli over, put Janmat on at on the left side. Um, I feel like he's the one who would, or Zuniga could play. Zuniga can play anywhere. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. So Except center forward. Jan Mott played off the bench um, against Burnmouth. So it's a it's a position for Holy Boss that's easily replaceable because they have so many they, they yeah. have so many options. Yep, and so. they actually just got um, Mauro Zarat from Fiorentina. He's back in the Premier League now. Oh boy! Uh, really I can't wait. Game, I but... can't wait for that Morrow Zarat revenge game against West Ham. That's right. That's right. I don't even know when he's going to play. That's the other thing. Like, never. The answer is never. A, but sparingly. Yeah, it's a weird buy to to not play him because they already have Dini, Igalo, Okaka. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're preparing for life without Odion Igalo because he's getting big bids from elsewhere. Where? China for oh, one. China. I think Fenerbahce as well is in on a, a Turkish team as well. Maybe not Fenerbahce or or Pantheakos. or yeah, yeah. It's basically not a top five tier league. Yeah, is the way I put it. Okay. For all I know, he could be MLS bound. Robin Van Persie. I doubt it, but. I doubt um, it. But yeah, the, anything that you would. I, I don't think anything in this game was that overly surprising. Like no. I don't think we learned anything from this game other than, um, that Callum Wilson just hates you. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we also learned not, not much from the Everton game, uh, other than that Lukaku didn't score. But I mean, it was Everton one, Crystal Palace nil. Big Sam tried to go for the clean sheet, and he was almost there. It was Tom Davis, uh, Tom Davies. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, he assisted yeah. on Seamus Coleman's winner, and uh, Joel Robles, who I ranked, and I don't think anybody else did. Uh, he he picked up two save shutout, but not to be outdone by a Wayne Hennessy seven save performance yeah. here. Yeah, the uh, I guess really the only story goalkeeper wise was that Stecklenburg was back, um, but didn't start um, the match before. He was on the bench, and after that match, or in the preview for this week, or this game, um, Ronald Koeman said that Stecklenburg wasn't a hundred percent when he was on the bench two games ago, but was a hundred percent and he wasn't going to tip his hand who was going to start. So I don't know if that necessarily means that Robles is the starter now because, um, Stecklenburg was fully fit and Robles now has two straight clean sheets, but, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens there, but it certainly looks like Robles might should keep the job for at least another week. He's done nothing wrong. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, but there really wasn't much to take away from this game. Everton still missed Yannick Bellassi, just like how Liverpool missed Sadio Mane. They, uh, they, they, yeah. I mean, they, they've been playing well recently, as far as in, especially with guys like Ross Barkley now setting up goals, which is fun to watch. But <laughs> they do look a little slow. 
Yeah. Yep. Not that he helps, they, but uh, Morgan Schneiderlin didn't start again. But um, Gareth Barry was pulled at 59 minutes for Schneiderlin. So I just assume that when Idrissi Gueye comes back, it's going to be Gueye and Schneiderlin, right? You can't really start Gareth Barry. Probably not. Or, but or do you start. Who, who knows? They, they also might go 4 3 3 yeah. or something like that. Put all three of them in. Yeah. Sorry, Tom Davies or Davis, yeah, whatever he wants to call you. Yeah. yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> well, it depends on which side of the pond you're on. Yeah. All right. Andrews Towns in two minutes, by the way. He seems to be done there. Thanks yes, to Jeff Schlupp. I believe it was Punchin and it was Kabai who did most of the corners in setting up, right? They did most of the crossing, if I'm not mistaken. You are not mistaken. Yeah. They did. Uh, they did play a four-four-two, or no? They played something much three-four-one-two. Uh, no, no, two. no. They, they they play they played three at the back. Big Sam yeah. actually it was more like five at the back. They tried really tried for the clean sheet, and they three-four-one-two is what ta- or uh, Opt is telling us with Remy and Benteke up front, which did not work. That was a poor decision. Yes, and you can see these types of things and more on yeah. the new Rotowire stats page, uh, Andrew. Uh, quick, quick, shameless plug. Yeah, uh, for all of our subscribers now, we have a ton of new stats on the site, uh, including full box scores, which uh, we reference, or at least I reference quite a bit through these podcasts. So uh, we have full player stats that are um, filtered, or that the users can filter them through you know specific game weeks. If you want to see you know who has the most crosses over the last six weeks, you can do that. We even have a new uh, DVP page that shows you know which which teams give up the most shots to left backs if you wanted to see something like that we just have a ton of stuff up on the site there's a an article right on the front of rotowire.com/soccer that breaks it all down so uh, i highly suggest anybody interested in soccer stats to go there because one of the big things for us was just how difficult it was to find soccer stats and you know if you did find them somewhere they were kind of difficult to navigate or if you wanted to see something specific you took 12 clicks on three sites to get it and now Hopefully we've solved those problems, and um, they're all right here on rotowire.com slash soccer. You'll have so many stats that you can whip yourself up into a frenzy and get so confused that you'll have to ask Andrew for help. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I am I adore stats, and I'm, act, I'm one of these people that, like, I really love stats, but I actually don't really love advanced stats. Like, I, I prefer to see what the raw numbers tell me, and I can try to figure out what happened from there. I, I'd rather not somebody... Be like, oh, these are, here's a statistic that shows these nine stats together that are weighted appropriately for what I feel like is important. And um, I just prefer. So you don't want. Stats. So you don't want to know something like Christian Suani's player efficiency rating. Yeah, I'm not a big player efficiency rating uh, fan. Not that I'm not a fan of it. Like I understand why people like stuff like that. I just prefer to know the raw stuff so I can really see what's going on. Well, speaking of Christian Suani, him and Middlesbrough decided to lose one to three to West Ham. I don't know why they decided to. I don't know why I use that mm. language. But anyway, but nonetheless, Middlesbrough at home, surprising to me, let up three goals just in general. That was surprising. Uh, I tore Karenka's men tend to not let up a lot of goals in any game, yeah. let alone a home game. Uh, and of all the teams, uh, Dimitri Pyatt list West Ham seems to be really, really still pretty OK offensively. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did, I did say last week that Christian Stuani is going to remind us that he is a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And lo and behold, there he was. Uh, off of a, uh, it was assisted by Callum Chambers. I believe it was off a corner too, uh, but or a free kick, either one. Uh, but either way, um, 
Christian Stuani got one for the home side, but then Andy Carroll, because Andy Carroll, uh, he's great against, you know, teams that don't very, you know, that can't handle someone who's tall. Uh, he scores twice. Jonathan Caleri scores the, uh, the third, and Manuel Lanzini assisted the first two goals, uh, who is basically, when Dimitri Payet doesn't play, he's a lot more important. Yeah. And another man who's a lot more important, even when Pyatt is playing, is Mikael Antonio, who got an assist. So Antonio he's still did? important. Mikael Antonio fantasy got he, Yes, he's gotten credit for the fantasy assist. Huh. Okay. Um, At least according to the official page. Right. The official Premier page. League official page, right. Uh, which means he did not get an assist for any DFS games. But, um, yep. yeah, the... I don't think, uh, or the only thing that surprised me was, uh, it seemed like two games ago that Lanzini and Faguli were going to kind of split this playmaking role, but it does seem to go through Lanzini more than it does Faguli. Um, Lanzini plays centrally. I mean, that helps. Um, they have, they, they were both on the wings, um, in like a, what did they play here? A four, three, three or four, uh, four, four, two, excuse me. No, that is a four-three-three. Hmm. Man, these I new like. stat pages—they can be really confusing, huh, like. Andrew? Yeah, it is a little weird. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the—I don't know. It, the, two weeks ago, we were all like, "Oh, it's Faguli," and then he scored, and we were like, "See, it is." But I think, yeah, ultimately, I think Lanzini is going to be the playmaker now that Pi, or you know, once Piat's officially gone. That's the moral of the story to take away from this one, right? And that uh, Andy Carroll can score goals if you put balls high enough in the air. Yeah, as long as he's fit, you know, and you just throw him up there, he'll get it. That's right. Uh, Victor Valdez, is this a blip in the road, or is he still useful fantasy-wise, do you think? I don't think he's losing his job, so... No, I meant just, like, in general, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough goalkeeper. Still um, useful. Yeah, I think he's still useful, for sure. Okay. All right. I'm really, I, I got to see it one more time for West Ham because this was impressive for West Ham if they can continue these, you know, impressive uh, offensive op- outputs even without Dimitri Payet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, at, and at we also Middlesbrough, have to talk about what what that means when Dimitri Payet goes back to France for my perfect eleven team. I, we already know what happens, but um, the yeah, I mean, at Middlesbrough, that's a it's like a solid result because they've been really good defensively at home. Um, but you know. Ultimately, we're looking at Andy Carroll scoring three goals against Crystal Palace and Burrow. So let's not get too crazy. All right. A game that almost did get too crazy was Stoke won and Manchester United won. Uh, the reason why I say too crazy, because uh, Stoke had the lead for the majority of this game. Eric Peters, tech, uh, he would get a fantasy assist because he forced an own goal from Juan Mata, who had a terrible game. Yeah, uh, He was clinical in his finish on his own net but missed a couple of sitters on uh on stokes net so uh not a good day for juan mata at least but wayne rooney with a just a beautiful free kick it, that was earned by marcus rashford so again a fantasy assist but not a mm-hmm. you know he touched it last before someone else scored assist right i would but that actually just, i would rather just call that an actual assist a real what? assist um yeah, this I felt like everybody. I mean, I was much more up on on Manchester United in this one than it turned out to be. But uh, obviously, Mata's availability or it, spot in the starting lineup kind of put a hit on Henrik Mkhitaryan's value because he wasn't going to be 
you know, is active, uh, at least on free kicks or corners. Same with Daly Blind, who started over Mateo Darmian. So um, I'm just not sure that's a – I'm guessing that's not a combination we're going to see again, <laughs> the Mkhitaryan-Mata wings. Um, I guess Fellini started too, which is always interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, ultimately, I don't know, it was, good. It was just a weird lineup um, for Manchester United that created, like, a ton of headaches fantasy-wise just because – Mkhitaryan seemed like such a slam dunk and then Mata's presence and, and blind. And then, you know, if if you're not sure who's going to be delivering the ball as you're wondering how good Zlatan Ibrahimovic is going to be. And he ended up just with one shot, which yeah, um, that's that's pretty poor from him. Yeah. One step forward, two steps back for Mkhitaryan. Like it's, every, every time you want to be like, oh, this Mkhitaryan, he's coming on now. Yeah. Something like this happens. Yeah, it's weird. I, I mean, I, I don't know what. Jose Mourinho was expecting out of Stoke that he thought inserting Mata in and Fellaini would would help. But well, he famously was afraid of Stoke uh, when when he was the coach of Chelsea and put Kennedy as the left back. That's right. That's right. No, that was uh, that was a much worse team. Who was it? Norwich. That's who it was. Oh, that's right. It was Norwich. That. Oh, I was close. Yeah, but uh, close. yeah, he does these things. Yeah, he does I'm these things. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, why Eddie he's Overton. the unlucky one, right? That's right. Until Rooney scores in the. 94th minute. Ugh. Whatever. Yep, just li- rip the hearts out of Lee Grant owners. <laughs> I was one of them. I know. That's why I said it. Yeah, great game. <laughs> it was a great game. It was a great, great game for Lee Grant until that happened. Yep. It was, then it was just a good game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Still a good game, though. Nice seven save performance yes. for Lee Grant. But no win if you're playing DraftKings and no clean sheet for yeah. playing everywhere. Yeah. All right. For when, for Manchester United, we kind of covered that. For Stoke, I mean, you didn't see much from Arnautovic. Uh, I mean, he p- did play a nice one-two with Eric Peters to set up the goal, but after that, he was pretty much invis- invisible. Uh, Shakiri, Boyan, all, of, all, all. I mean, there's no real consistency in terms of playing time or when they get the playing time. There's maybe consistency of playing time for just Arnautovic and Shakiri, but they're not consistent in terms of using it to score points. Yeah, Stoke took six shots and Shakiri had four of them, which pretty much should tell you all you need to know about this game. That they were just like you would think that meant Manchester United won five nothing, but um, yeah, Boyan didn't even play. There's talk of him leaving now, but who knows if he will? But the yeah, I don't know. The Stoke are just way too inconsistent to rely on, especially yeah, against I, better I, teams. They're falling into the the Burnley category for me, and that the only useful people might be like, ma- like the occasional defender and like the goalkeeper. Yeah, it was just kind of weird how good Joe Allen was earlier this year, and I mean Shakiri has his moments. He's like incredibly I, frustrating, but I um, hair I, I hair cursed him. I, I wanted to emulate my hair, yeah. and then ever since he's been terrible. Yeah, but like Arnautovic, like the did he have a hat trick or was it only two? I think it was only two cares but the brace that he had a few weeks ago or two games ago three games ago like that's that's well into the exception than what we should expect from him so i mean they're the players are fairly consistent in terms of who's playing um but at least when they're fit but like the the output is so inconsistent that imbula can't even get a start right now yeah he took one of the six shots and he played for two minutes like ugh. I don't know. 
Let's move on to greener pasture, shall we? Your favorite new rising power in terms of offense is West Brom, and they put up two more this week and against. Can't stop uh, them. The lo- yep, especially if you're Sunderland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had a guy named Honeyman get a, car- a yellow card. Mm-hmm. All right, Honeyman. Yeah. Fine. Chris Brunt and Darren Fletcher. I was, wait- I was waiting for a much better joke from you from somewhere. No, there, no. I, some sort of sugar joke or sugar guy or some other form of sweetener. But nothing, nothing out of you. You feeling all right? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Sure. Anyway, Chris Brunt. I, I, I'm really just the low part of sweet and low, I guess. There we go. <laughs> Welcome back. back. Chris Brunt, Darren Fletcher <laughs> scoring for West Brom, assisted by, uh, you know, we did say Matt Phillips. Uh, he's been he's been the preferred uh, preferred midfielder of late, but Nasser Chadley did get at least a fantasy assist. Hmm. And so did Gareth McCauley, a guy who we both hate. Hmm. McCauley to Brunt. That's just the... Uh... Yep, just, just, the the, just what the doctor ordered. I um I actually had Macaulay on my FPL team and dropped him um, for Brunt, um, which theoretically worked out well. My FPL team, which has just been horrific this year, probably because I pay such little attention to it, but um, I had more points from my three defenders than I did everybody else last week. Thanks, Brunt yeah, was part of the reason for go. that. But uh, yeah, the... You know, obviously, you would have expected more from Matt Phillips. Three shots, six crosses. It was kind of disappointing overall. But, um, yeah, West Brom domination yet again. No? Yeah. They are your favorite. Uh, Kind of out of nowhere, Manchester City drew 2-2 with Spurs. And when I say I mean it was out of nowhere – uh, Manchester City gave you no performances indicating that they were on Spurs' level, which is a weird sentence to say. Yeah. But in this game... They were better. I, Spurs were lucky to get a point out of this one. And, I mean, Spurs... I mean, Kyle Walker definitely should have gotten a, a penalty called against yep. him uh, in favor of City. Right. That's a confusing statement. Yes. Um, I, I mean, they were kind of gifted goals, right? Like, it was... Yep. <laughs> It was uh, again when you look at the save category, you don't see Claudio Bravo's name anywhere mentioned. <laughs> He's not good. He's um, really not good. Like they should just play a roaming defender who has gloves on. Uh, and like if he's in the eighteen-yard box, he'll use his hands, but otherwise he he won't. He has. It's the same thing at this point. Yeah, he has one save in his last four games. Like that's pretty. Astonishing. That's hard to do. Yeah. In fact, do. his last six games, his save totals are zero, two, zero, one, zero, and zero. <laughs> and he has one clean sheet in that span. Not great. Not great. No. But yeah, the but, uh, so- Man City came in like limping. Spurs look great. And for the first um, 45, well, not even 45, let's call it the first 55 minutes, um, it was all City. Uh, they look great, and uh, they just gave it away at the end. Yeah, and, and De- Kevin De Bruyne reminded you of who he was. Uh, that was such a good fluke to goal too, to like get him back on track. Ugh. Hey, good to see. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm just bitter because I didn't have him last weekend. That's right. Uh, Leroy Sané scoring the second goal, and uh, De Bruyne getting an assist, and so did Raheem Sterling, mm-hmm. who should have earned a penalty from said Kyle Walker earlier. Yeah, I read um, that basically the reason the penalty wasn't given was because Sterling got the shot off. 
It's because he didn't fall down. Right, and and that's basically and, and what everybody's that, that, saying. He didn't fall down. That, that, that and, just that just makes me erupt with anger. Exactly. Exactly. That very American point of view right now. But yes, keep uh, going. But I, I think there are plenty of people in England who are complaining about it too. That yeah, they're all he's, they're all on the, live on the blue side of Manchester. Uh, maybe. Everyone just kind of doesn't care. Maybe. But um, yeah, that was pretty weak. The um, debut of Gabriel Jesus was interesting because he. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. I just keep seeing Jesus everywhere. Um, I just I hear the song "Personal Jesus" in my head when you said that, like, Gabriel, Jesus. Like, anyway, sorry, go ahead. Um, anyway, he thought he had the match winner like late, and was eventually, or he was ruled offside, which was kind of a bummer. He was offside, but was offside. Um, yes, yeah, would have been quite a debut. But, and Leroy Sané, by the way, was should have been called. I mean, he had a what was it a handball called against him yes, as well? Yes. Just, um, just an overall, just just a weird game. Like, yeah, it I, was. Um, the arrival of Gabriel, I think, uh, will kill any potential upside that Nolito, although Nolito hasn't played, or Leroy Sané for that matter. Well, I think um, maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. I, I mean, you you have to. I mean, you probably. I'm probably thinking it this way. Like Raheem Sterling has a spot kind of nailed, that, kind of nailed down, and the other three are fighting for one spot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. You know, I mean, I, I mean, no one's. I mean, unless someone emerges as a clear favorite, in that, like, you know what? I'll, I'll even throw Raheem Sterling in that mix. Yeah. Was, Four guys for say, two yeah. spots. Yeah, and I think I think Gabriel is definitely on the bottom of that list. That being said. Um, I think he also plays over Kalechi Iannaccio. I think Iannaccio is done. I think that's a bright future there, those two together. Anyway, maybe. But there's, but what I'm saying is, is out of those four players, uh, you're going to get an average of about 60 minutes because um, the others are going to come in. I think a a good, I think a good combination of them are going to play in every game. I'll have to, I'll have to. We'll have to keep track of it at least. Yeah. I think it's something to keep track. Yeah, which you All can right, do on first, one of our new stat pages. Um, the subscribers only, yeah. uh, Deli Ali and, and, and son got the goals here and Kyle Walker got an assist and Harry Kane got an assist. Harry Kane kind of slowed down from his goal scoring yeah. bonanza. Uh, it was surprising to me. I mean, everyone, I think people, uh, it Spurs are, I mean, Spurs have to be pretty happy even before give it, let's say at the beginning of the year at Manchester city, they would have taken a point, right? Like if you were just looking at the schedule, right? Yeah. Is this point now? Is it a job done? Is it you know like a moral victory? Is it a disappointing one point if you're Spurs? What do you think? No, I think it's it's a solid point for Spurs, and I think uh, City will absolutely look at it as two points left on the table. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it's just job done. For City? No, for for Spurs. Yes. Yep. For City, for City, it's like two even though City. Up. Was, like came in not playing the best at home they should they're they expect themselves to beat anybody so not getting a point at home i think is disappointing especially when you're up two nothing so it, to two it, whenever man city don't win at home it's two points dropped at least right possibly three right uh, they're never going to consider that a moral victory yes nor should they right southampton three lester zero Leicester zero, not surprising. Southampton three, a little surprising, especially when James Ward-Prowse is one of the goal scorers. Yeah, who I dropped from my FPL team. Yeah, um, and uh, Jay Rodriguez, who I dropped from all teams. Oh, um, 
And who had the last one? Oh, Tadic. Yeah, yeah Tadic. Of all places. That's correct. Um, yeah, the, I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting Leicester to magically turn it around without Mahrez and Slomani. So um, I don't think there's a ton that we're getting from that. I mean, are you really going to take anybody from this team now? I just dropped Danny Drinkwater in um, one of our Taga leagues and I'm like kind of embarrassed the... I still had him. Christian Fuchs was like kind of on my radar last week. Yeah. A, and no, now no. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it looks pretty pretty bad. I mean, they should be getting Slimani and Mares back because Algeria crashed out of Afcon. Does that help? Did they? Oh, I didn't know that they actually. I thought they were yeah. close to. Com- um, I mean, it should help. They're two of their best players, if not their two best players. So, um, but I mean, the not that I, I don't think they're getting relegated. They're obviously not going to make Europe next year so like what's they're just another team at this point yep just another team who i mean to be honest they can they can kind of take the money that they got and from champions league and kind of try to use it to rebuild but yeah which they're doing you know they got wilfred and Didi from what was he gank i mean he looks like he could be a decent player but um i don't know there's there's nobody on this team that i'm like oh i i better have him because no literally nobody yeah yeah, I 100% in agreement there. Yeah. And Southampton, I don't even, I don't know what to make of this team. I really don't. Well, Virgil van Dijk is going to be on the shelf. I, I, I saw at least a couple of rumors that he's going to be on the shelf for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I think, uh, I forget what the injury was, but yeah, they, they're in big trouble now because Jose Fonts obviously with West Ham now. So we've got Maya Yoshida and Jack Stevens, I guess is this dude's name. <laughs> like I don't know who else they play back there, but it's you know unless they buy somebody, it's probably going to be somebody we've never heard of. Or it could be like a could be a fullback moving to center back. Yeah, which I guess didn't Bertrand play a little center back? You betcha. Yeah, That's so, exactly who I was thinking. Yeah. So his value goes poop. Great. <laughs> yeah. So then we'll have Cedric and Sam McQueen, or because uh, I think Martina Kuko plays on the same. He plays on the same no. side as Cedric, but we'll figure it out. Ugh, They'll gross. figure it out, and we'll adjust accordingly. Yeah, let's get to, let's get to a couple of title challenging teams here. Uh, not Burnley, but Arsenal. Two, Burnley one. We'll get to Chelsea in a second. What do you want to talk about first? Um, the good news that Arsenal actually won a game they shouldn't have, or the bad news that Granite Jack is going for some really really bad records right now. Um, not, can I pass on both of those topics? <laughs> All right, uh, I'll talk about yeah. Granite Jacka. Uh, it has played the second fewest games yeah. for getting three red cards. Yep. Only two in the Premier League, though. That's correct. Yeah. Let's However. Not be, let's not be so dramatic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the record is, though, I think, like in, in three games played, three red cards. Yeah. I think that is the record. I think so, too. Or it was two and two for the Premier League record. I don't know. I don't know. Either way. Yeah. Not a good record to no. have. He also has been. I think they're looking into racial abuse as well on the yes. field. Yes, well, not on the field. It was. Um, he was at an airport. Oh, even it was, better. It was essentially a TS, TSA. So, so he had so he had time to cool off. Oh yeah, <laughs> this had nothing to do with the game. Just having to do with being unkind. 
I'll put it that so way. So he's just a really awesome person as well as an awesome player. Mm. All right, let's get to the better news. They actually won a game they shouldn't have, huh? Um, Yes, they got bailed out big time. Uh, the Andre... Offside. The, yeah, the Andre Gray... Um, the the penalty that Gray scored on did he draw it? I can't even remember now. Um, Ashley Barnes. Oh, Barnes, right? Um, the it was a clear foul. Uh, Arson Wenger exploded on the on the sideline um, and ended up getting sent off. And he shoved a, the fourth official while he was standing in a tunnel. So it sounds like he could be facing a multi game ban. Um, I'm, I'm I'm guessing two. Um, I'm guessing one for the push and one for the red car, for the sending off. I bet it's worse than that, just because you can't really put your hands on a referee like that. Uh, I think that but, I think that was the same. Uh, Alan Pardew did the same thing, and he got two games. Yeah. I think for going off of priors here. Yeah, I don't know. Um, either way, um, but not a good look, regardless. No, but it was clearly a foul. Um, it was kind of like. He did apologize after. I think he apologized for how he acted, not necessarily for being completely wrong about his response, but uh, it was a blatant foul. Uh, Coquelin happened to come on um, to replace, that, to basically replace Shaka after he got sent off. Um, and then he was the one who who, uh, who uh, committed the foul. Yeah, I just couldn't find the word there. Um, so it was just like a mess all around. The problem is that they have to keep playing Coquelin because obviously Jacques is suspended and Mohamed El Neni is still at African Cup of Nations. So and Jack Wilshire is still right, at and Jack Wilshire is at Burnmouth. Although I don't think they would play a Wilshire Ramsey holding midfield, but that used to be the future of Great Britain. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, Great Britain. Um, but anyway, so they got lucky. Alexis um, had a heck of a game. Thanks to that penalty goal. As he goal. always does. Yeah. Um, there is a <clears throat> one of the pages on our um, one of our new pages uh, shows uh, fantasy. It's basically like everybody's DFS game logs together. Um, so it's like a trend page that shows um, fantasy stats. We have them for like individual stats, but we also have them for like fantasy scores. And the um, Alexis Sanchez has scored like 200 more fantasy points on DraftKings than like any other player, and it, like it's astonishing how many more points he's, he's pretty good. Um, he's yeah. gonna be great for another team next season. He, you watch it, <laughs> no, but uh, it's probably not that many, but it's like he's got a great lead. Um, yeah, no, it'll only be one team, it won't be many teams next year, it'll be just one different team next season. Who would Who would it be at this point? Who cares? It's somebody else. <laughs> okay. Um, Team in specific. It just won't be Arsenal. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So he's got like a, I'm just trying to look at it now. He's got a hundred and basically a 130 point gap over the next highest player on FanDuel. And it's like 60 points on DraftKings. Um, he also, I don't think he's played every game. Uh, maybe no. he has, but whatever it is, the guy's taking a ton of shots. He's scoring goals. Remember, they wanted to rest him this year. Yes, they wanted to. There's another 90 minutes under his belt. Um, So, I don't know. We'll see. My guess is is that um, it happens like maybe they go, maybe they get like a one nothing win at Barcelona in the Champions League, and then he's like hurt for the return, and then they lose like seven nothing. 
It was almost the perfect weekend for Chelsea if it wasn't for that BS second goal. Yeah. Yep. In extra, 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 extra time. Well, yeah, it was a ton of extra time, um, although not nearly as extra as Chelsea had in their That's match. That's correct. Thanks to that Ryan Mason. Well, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. I have nothing more to say well, about Arsenal. But if you do, uh, just, please do. Just, just, just both, just both goalkeepers played very well. Uh, yeah. Check and Heaton both with six saves. Yes. Yep. Just they're they're both very good goalkeepers. Continue to use them as you would normally. Okay. Even again, especially for Heaton, use them against anybody. Yeah. Probably especially the good teams. All right. Chelsea two, Hull nil. This was not a game. This game, this the scoreline kind of flattered Chelsea. Uh, this was not a, an, an easy game where Chelsea just dominated the ball and then just knocked down the doors eventually. Uh, yeah. Hull had their chances, too. They did. Uh, and Cotois actually was, I think, the best player in the game for Chelsea. Surprisingly active for yes. Yes. a Very Chelsea active. goalkeeper. Yes, there are now articles, saying, articles being written, falsely, may I add, but articles being written saying that they he's do. the most indispensable piece for, for Chelsea and they'd be fools to let him go in the summer. And I'm like, no, take all the money you can get for him. That now. is outrageous. Yes, you can get pretty much anybody to be not not anybody, but pretty much anybody. For example, Tom Heaton on Chelsea would be just fine. Mm. They're going to lose <laughs> Asmir Begovic. That's fine. Yeah, of course it's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, and and the and if Conte can work his Italian magic, he can get Bonnarumma from from Milan. That'd be just fine. That's going to be a lot of money. That's going to be you're way overpaying for a goalkeeper at that point. Yeah, but you're selling two the kids like twelve years old. And already really good. No, no, anyway, I know. Well, I'm saying he's he's excellent, but like you don't you don't need to spend that much money on a goalkeeper. As someone that like, like if you can iron down if you can, I'll he'll put get, it this way: he'll get I'll more than Courtois. That's what I'll Hold say. On. Hold on. Let me let me, let me rephrase it this way: is for all the positions, you know, this is a, this is a position you'd like it to be stable, correct? Just one person, you know who it is every time, right? Yep. That position will be the least expensive one. If you can nail it down for 10 years and if you can do it relatively inexpensively compared to like center back or center midfield and center forward, wouldn't you do it? Yeah, but they have that already. You're 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 explaining that they're going to sell Courtois, but, yeah, I, but they have they're going to get less. Be there. Right, but they're going to get less for Courtois than they are going to have to buy uh, Donnarumma for. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Uh, you know, you're, I'm sure you're right, but I... I well, I, I hope you're not right, but I'm pretty sure you are right. But the combination of Begovic and Kotoa, I think that money would be more. Um, so you'd get Donnarumma and you'd profit off the goalkeeper position in terms of transfer fee. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you will. I don't know. Let's talk about this game, actually, huh? Sure. All right. Good game. Diego Costa, still good. Yeah, um, I Crisis remember you asked me last week when I started him, and I said, yeah. Yep. And, That's of course, uh, I was flying back from Los Angeles, but I didn't actually make my roster change in time for Taga. But um, but I, I had Abel Hernandez in instead, who actually played very well in this game as well. Yeah. But uh, Diego Costa did score the eventual game winner, but uh, Gary Cahill, we'll talk about him in a second. Um, Gary Cahill did score the second goal to put it away late. Uh, Cesc Fabregas and Victor Moses with the assist. Fabregas on Cahill's goal. 
and Victor Moses on Costa's goal. Victor Moses, by the way, also played very well. That assist was that assist had eyes. That was like an infield single that found uh, like a seeing eye single through the sure. through the infield that found its way to Costa's foot. Hmm. Um, yeah, I started Costa not... on Taga against you, meaning the, our stars and scrub. He was a scrub, team scrub. <laughs> I had to. Totally understandable. But I, I did have Alexis Sanchez. That helped. Yes. Usually does. Yeah. Anyway, Gary Cahill, Ryan Mason, let's discuss. <sighs> Many facets to this. If you haven't heard, um, Ryan Mason um, suffered a fractured skull with some internal bleeding. Um, oh, sorry, some, yes. And some bleed. And he was forced to the hospital. He's talking now. Um, so hopefully a speedy recovery, uh, as speedy of a recovery as possible. Whether or not he returns to soccer is immaterial to me. Just normal life was really what we're hoping for there, from, at least from my perspective. Um, Gary Cahill, the, basically they, they came together and there was a very violent header. Basically their heads going the wrong, uh, opposite directions. Gary Cahill, the meaty forehead, hitting the temple basically yeah. of Ryan Mason. It was very scary to watch. Yes. Um, and the, the the like the message from me, you know, that oh, the new Premier League rules may have saved Ryan Mason's life. I, I it, that's so tone deaf to what actually happened. Like, yes, the head injury and the fact they stopped the game right then and there and attended to Ryan Mason and Gary Cahill. That is one thing. Why the hell was Gary Cahill allowed to come back on? In um, such a violent collision, he was obviously affected by it when he first came back on the pitch, too. It, yeah. It's it's astonishing to me how little head injury awareness is 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 prevalent in the Premier League. Yeah, what got me about it was that uh, it took a long time for me to finally accept that Mason wasn't going to keep playing. Like I thought, at some point he was going to get up, and they were just going to send him back in. Like there was. Basically, when they brought the the stretcher out, and even then, like I've seen guys like basically shake off the stretcher. Yeah, like the when, Paul Pierce thing. Yeah, and then when the mask, when the oxygen mask came out, it was like, oh, maybe he's not okay. But like they just they've done such a poor job with head injuries in the past that like I didn't really think there was no way to know. <clears throat> excuse me, there was no way to know this one was serious because I've seen that before. And then the guy just gets up and he keeps playing. But it was like a eight or nine minute stoppage uh which i think in their minds was more than enough time for cahill to shake the cobwebs off and get back out there it's i I, they are they are playing a very dangerous game not soccer but head injuries they are playing with fire here um who's going to be the big name club that has a player die on the pitch at this point um but I'm not sure, like, a response to concussion saves a guy from dying on the field. Like, I think that's a very different Playing situation. with an existing head injury is what I'm referring to here. Yeah. You know, the, you know, these players come back way too fast from head injuries. And that makes them more susceptible to the second one, which can be more violent. Yeah. It's it, it, that that's that's where I'm coming from here as someone who has, you know, incurred a head injury mm. or two. Uh, I'm not naturally this stupid. I've been aided uh, <laughs> by previous experience. Um, it's, 
it's something that it, it's a, it's an issue that's very close to me. So I, I, I demonstrate more passion here than most probably would. Um, I also demonstrate compassion for millionaire athletes because they're also people. And just because they're well paid doesn't mean that they shouldn't be treated with, you know, with respect in this regard. And um, just because they always try to play, it doesn't mean that we should let them. That's fair. So soapbox now uh, i'm stepped off the soapbox <laughs> and i it over to you um no that's a fair point um but i don't think it's anything's changing anytime soon on it um how about harry Maguire? i tweeted about harry Maguire on sunday because he scored played well 16 i think it was 16 and a quarter points on DraftKings, which is an astonishing total for a center back who did not score or get an assist or get a clean sheet. He had four shots, two on goal. He did have a cross for some reason, seven interceptions, a lot. five tackles, two fouls drawn. I mean, he was a beast. And amazingly, I have heard his name as the guy to step up when they sell Snodgrass, which seems kind of silly to me, but why not? And update on that, it looks like West Ham is actually going to pip yeah. the, the offer from Burnley, from Burnley for, yeah. for Snodgrass. Which, uh, you know, it's fine. Sorry, Manuel Lanzini. But, but yeah, they uh, uh, Hull took five, nine shots, and four of them came from Maguire, a center back. I mean, he's he's been touted a few times by Kevin Swanson on our FanDuel article because, like, Hull center back should make sense on a – format that gives points for interceptions and clearances and tackles um mcguire also had seven clearances he won 24 duels and nine aerials like the guy's a, a beast and uh for the dearth of talent that they have everywhere else particularly without snodgrass looks like he's the guy i just love that on this podcast we spent so much time talking about hull about swansea yeah. and like middlesbrough west ham yeah at the end of each conversation, we're just like, well, that was way too much about that, or we don't feel any differently. Do you have any thoughts on Evandro? On who? <laughs> Hull's new player, Evandro, from, uh, I don't even remember where he came from. No. Oh. I, the short answer to your question is no. no. I, I don't pay attention to players I don't know about. <laughs> All right. He I, corners, I, I, I haven't even seen him on FIFA. Okay. He and uh, Sam Klukas split corners. <clears throat> trying to figure out where, where the Snodgrass production goes. This is why you beat me on DraftKings all the time. It helps. You know, you know, you know, yeah, you know the names like Honeyman. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know whether to call him Davis or Davies. Um, correct. Correct. Well, these guys go back and forth. Curtis Davies, Curtis Davis, Ben Davies, Ben Davis. What? Just Stephen Davis. Yeah. Well, he's an actual Davis. I knew that one. Can you explain to me, because I'm fairly Davis new. Davis the third. I'm, <laughs> I'm fairly new to soccer in terms of the span of my life. Um, what is the difference tactically between a team captain and a club captain? As Claude Puel recently said that Stephen Davis is now Southampton's club captain, but Virgil van Dijk is the team captain. Steven Davis is not guaranteed to start every game, but it's still important to us. But do other teams do that or do they 
<clears throat> I don't know. I saw the a great cynic stat. In, this, the cynic in me also sees a race element to that. Yeah, that's that's silly. Um, I saw a stat the other day that like Arsenal's captain hasn't started for the team since like 2013. Yeah, because Matthew Flamini has been the team captain, right? N- no, well, no, it was Arteta for a bit. Now it's Murdersacker. Maybe it was Flamini before. I don't even know, but um, I don't know. The whole captain thing is seems. A little, but I I just had no idea. Hope maybe if our listeners know and can explain to me what the difference between a club captain and a team captain. I believe Van Dyke wears the armband. Um, so I don't know what role Davis has as club captain. You can, that you can tweet your answers and more at. Rotowire Andrew for Andrew and at Sports by Gotti, G-O-T-T-I for myself. But on that note, we must end today's episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Andrew, it's always, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we will be back with you. There is no Premier League action this weekend. Uh, I know that Chelsea played Brentford, which must mean that it's EFL Cup time. Is it EFL or FA? I think FA Cup. Oh, oh, who knows, I think man. it's FA it, Cup. The EFL is happening today or something yes, like that. Yes, FA Cup. Whatever. They all don't matter. Okay. All right. Good luck to everyone in their fantasy FA Cup this weekend. We will not be previewing that. We'll come back a little bit after that to preview the actual uh, Premier League action that takes place uh, midweek next week. So we'll catch you probably late weekend, maybe on Monday. We'll see how see how saucy we're feeling. But we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.